When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a big shift going on in that improving Steelers offense. Tight end Pat Fryer moved this up, and Deontay Johnson is down. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Forget all those Steelers receivers sulking on the sidelines. Dismiss lip-reading the TV clips of rookie George Pickens shouting, Throw me the bleepin' ball! This Steelers passing attack belongs to the big dude with a quiet mouth. I'm talking about second-year tight end out of Penn State, Pat Fryermuth. For each reception he makes, the crowd rains down with a guttural growl. Ooh, in appreciation. It's reminiscent of the Heath chance that punctuated each pass play caught by the beloved tight end, Heath Miller, long considered the best at his position in Steelers history. It's early days, of course, but Fryermuth possesses the potential to surpass even Miller in Steelers lore. Certainly, Fryermuth has gained the trust and favor of rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett who has made the big tight end his favorite and primary target, even as disgruntled, less productive receivers like Deontay Johnson and even George Pickens sulk, gripe, and cuss on the sidelines. It was Johnson who got the big money this year, a whopping $36.71 million on a two-year extension. And while Johnson has more targets on the season than Fryermuth, 105 to 76, the latter has lapped him in yards, touchdowns, and big plays. Friermuth had a 57-yard catch and run in Atlanta last Sunday, and it wasn't just the big play of the 1916 victory over the Falcons. It was the longest Steelers pass play of the season. Friermuth, with a total of 597 yards on the season, is now one of just three tight ends who leads their teams in this category. The other two you might know a little bit. Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs and Mark Andrews with the Ravens who visit Pittsburgh this Sunday, likely without quarterback Lamar Jackson. Could it be yet another Steelers win? Johnson, meanwhile, has become notorious for his untimely drops, and still lacks a receiving touchdown on the season. As Tom Jaggy pointed out on Twitter, Johnson's depressing stat line this season just doesn't add up. The Steelers' supposed number one pass catcher has 565 yards on 105 targets. That makes Johnson 43rd in the NFL in yardage, eighth in targets. He's doing less with more, 
And when it comes to scoring, Johnson is doing absolutely nothing. Say it again. He's the only NFL receiver with more than 50 targets who has yet to record a touchdown. If there are targets to be taken away in this Steelers offense, it would make sense that they are subtracted from the likes of the underproductive Deontay Johnson. But on Sunday in Atlanta, it was Pickens who was pleading his case for seeing more footballs thrown his way. The rookie pass catcher caught just one ball for two yards in Atlanta, and he let his foul mouth frustration show. So much so, Coach Mike Tomlin was forced to address the ugly sideline scene at his weekly press conference. Now, Tomlin leapt to Pickett's defense, a signal that the Steelers view the Georgia product as a star in the making. His share of the targets and catches will come, but not at the expense of Fryermuth, likely from Johnson's allotment. Said Tomlin of Pickens and his picking a bone over his lack of opportunities, quote, I'd rather say whoa than sick him. I want a guy that wants to be a significant part of what it is we do. That competitive spirit, the guy who wants the ball. I want that guy. We got competitors. This is a professional football team. These guys know they have to deliver. For a guy who wants to do that, I'm not going to make that a negative. No matter how silly I think the commentary is and people trying to make it a negative storyline, I laugh at that, unquote. Hey, to be sure, Pickens' time will coming, and it is coming. Heck, since Pickett took over as the Steelers' QB1, Pickens has been seeing more balls and increased production. Thus far, Pickett has targeted Pickens 41 times for 27 receptions, 395 yards, and two touchdowns. That's not bad. But there will be games, such as last Sunday in Atlanta, where the targets and the catches just don't come for a variety of reasons. Now, based on the somewhat juvenile display we saw from the rookie receiver, both Tomlin and Pickett were tasked with soothing Pickett's fragile ego. Hey, this is not an enviable task for any professional. But Pickett sounded sincere in soothing Pickens, saying this after their lack of connection in Atlanta. Quote, he's a great player. I'm going to miss throws, and guys are going to drop passes. We're going to rally behind each other and just get right back to it. I told him I'm going to keep throwing him the football, unquote. Hey, in other words, Pickett told Pickens, my bad. The quarterback will never have to make such a mealy-mouthed amends to his stalwart tight end. Game in and game out, Friar Muth will get his targets. He's earned them because he has earned Pickett's trust. It's based on mutual respect and hard work, not the false appeasements or a fragile ego. This is what true teammates sound like after a close, hard-fought win. Quote, I just know where we're going to be 
Friermuth said of his connection with Pickett. He has a trust in me and I have a trust in him. He knows where I'm going to be and it's just a feel thing. I'm excited to grow that opportunity for us, unquote. Pickett returned the favor in kind, saying this of his football-savvy tight end, Pat Fryermuth, quote, it's just his IQ. I think he's a really smart football player and he knows when to sit a route down or continue to run through a zone when he gets that second window. Having the chance to play with him now, I have a really good feel for him on those crucial moments. He's just a great player. He's got a high IQ, unquote. Hey, the sky is the limit for this primary Steelers passing connection of Pickett to Fryermuth. All the other air routes in Pittsburgh are secondary to this one. And the likes of Deontay Johnson and even George Pickens will just have to suck it up and deal with it. Hey, we have much more on the growing pains in the Steelers' offense, including a surprise take on the much-criticized offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, who may just be sticking around with these Steelers beyond this season. It's all here in a pass-happy edition of your Steelers Update podcast. And be sure to check out my print column, First Thing Thursday on Penn Live. As usual, it will be packed with plenty of memes, bringing George Pickens' gripes and groans and Kenny Pickett's praises to life and to some laughs. Right now, let's get right to it. Yeah, the Steelers' offense is in somewhat of a state of a flux, okay? Rookie passer Kenny Pickett is getting his NFL C legs. The offensive line is gelling, and the running game is picking it up nicely. And that plethora of Pittsburgh receivers are vying for targets. As it looks now, Deontay Johnson is on the downside. Tight end Pat Fryermuth is ascendant. And rookie George Pickens could be a superstar in the making. It's just a matter of time. Now, he was bemoaning his lack of targets on the sideline last seen in Atlanta. But here is Mike DeFabio writing for The Athletic on all the big things that could be in store for Pickens, who will be blossoming, we all hope, into Pickett's splash play target. Let's just be a little patient here, Pittsburgh. Hey, and George Pickens, be patient too. DeFabio writes, quote, By drafting Pickett in the first round, number 20 overall, and Pickens in the second round, number 52 overall, the Steelers intrinsically link the quarterback and the receiver. Their individual successes or shortcomings have been and will continue to be the result of this growing symbiotic relationship. What's good for Pickett is good for Pickens and vice versa. Because Pickett went through training camp at St. Vincent College as the third quarterback in the depth chart, the on-field development of their relationship had to wait. In Pickett's words, he tried to steal some reps off to the side, but rarely were those two together doing 11-on-11 portions of practice. As the season began, Pickett toiled on the scout team for the first four weeks of the regular season, and Pickens got off to a somewhat slow start. The rookie receiver made just five total catches in the first three weeks with Mitch Trubisky playing quarterback. 
Even so, one of those five was a catch-of-the-year candidate. Then the quarterback change happened. And almost from the moment Pickett supplanted Trubisky in the middle of the Week 4 game against the Jets, Pickens' production picked up. The rookie receiver eclipsed the 100-yard plateau for the first time in his career during that game against the Jets, highlighted by grabs of 26 and 27 yards from Pickett. In total, the rookie quarterback has targeted Pickens 41 times for 27 receptions, 395 yards, and two touchdowns. While Deontay Johnson is still Pickett's most targeted receiver, with 34 receptions on 57 targets, Pickens has emerged as the big play threat. He has produced the most yards and touchdowns of any player catching passes from Pickett, unquote. And those are great points from DeFabio. Pickett to Pickens is off to a good start, and it's only going to get much, much better. So let Pickens call for the football. No doubt Pickett is listening, and we'll get it to him sooner than later. Now for that take you might not be expecting. The Steelers' recent relative success on offense is lifting all boats, even that of offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Paul Zeise, writing for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, makes the case for the much-criticized Canada to return as coordinator next season. After all, he is under contract for that season, and the frugal Rooney family doesn't much like paying for coaches to sit on the couch. Here's Zeise making the case for Canada. Quote, Canada has clearly grown as offensive coordinator. He has begun to really find his groove as a play caller, and he has adapted his offense to be successful in the NFL. He has opened it up schematically so more guys are utilizing more space and there's more room for playmakers to make plays. I say this because I know this will be a very unpopular opinion, but I am starting to think that Tomlin's best option in the offseason would be to bring Canada back. He was terrible at his job for quite a while last season and into this season. But he's improved. The Steelers' offense is actually starting to look more than functional. And he has helped bring Kenny Pickett along by putting together game plans that protect him. It is no coincidence that Pickett went from throwing interceptions at an alarming rate to going four games in a row now without throwing a pick the Steelers have averaged 23.3 points per game over the last four games. And while that number needs to improve some, it isn't that far off from the production of some of the best offenses the Steelers produced over the last two decades. While we all like to complain about Canada's jet sweeps and some of his sideways passes, the truth is Pickett had to make very few difficult throws. That is good scheming, and the idea that Canada is stunting Pickett's growth is downright dumb. Steelers have not turned the ball over for four games. The Steelers have mostly been able to control the clock and the ball for four games. Pickett has improved steadily over four games, and they've also run the ball better than at any point I can remember post Le'Veon Bell. 
it's almost like things are actually progressing and the offense is actually coming together. When I'm wrong, I say it. And I was wrong about Canada needing to be fired. He has learned on the job and he's gotten better seemingly every week. The Steelers' offense makes sense, especially given the skill set of their key players and their defense being the team's strength. It would make absolutely no sense now that the offense is finally showing progress to pull the plug on Canada at the end of the year, unquote. That's an interesting and I would say thought-provoking take from Paul Zizi with the Post-Gazette. Fans may not want to hear it just yet, but there is something to be said for consistency and stability, especially as Kenny Pickett attempts to make that sophomore leap next season. Do not be surprised if Tomlin and the Roonies want to keep Canada in place so their young and up-and-coming QB doesn't have to start all over again with a new coordinator and a new offensive scheme. Stay tuned. Right now, however, the suddenly in the hunt Steelers are eyeing the home stretch of games this season. They're not worried about next season. A possible wild card berth in the works? Possible? Playoffs? Playoffs? Hey, maybe. Here's Jerry Dulac with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sizing up the stretch run of this down, now up, Steelers season. Dulac writes, quote, The Steelers haven't had a winning record in December since 2017, but they have a chance to make it 2-0 when they play the Baltimore Ravens at 8-4, minus Lamar Jackson on Sunday at Akershore Stadium. Jackson, who has missed a number of games against the Steelers because of injuries, sustained a sprained posterior cruciate ligament against the Denver Broncos and is expected to be out one to three weeks. The Ravens are the only team with a winning record remaining on the Steelers' schedule. These two teams meet twice in the next four weeks. But even with Jackson... These Ravens have struggled the past three games, losing to Jacksonville and squeaking past the Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. Unquote. Hey, so that's a positive picture that could include, you know, a fringe playoff berth. But is it really? Okay. I mean, we have to look at the other side. Okay. And There's no better contrarian take, and some would say the sour view of your surging Steelers, than that of caustic radio host Mark Madden. He insists these Steelers' wins are much ado about nothing, and winning out will only keep the Steelers mediocre rather than building for greatness. Madden writes this in his TribLive.com column, quote, Hey, the Steelers could win out. Look at their schedule. Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson has a sprained knee ligament. The Steelers' other foes stink. The Steelers stink too, but they can beat other teams that stink. Witness their last two games, a three-point victory at Atlanta and a seven-point win at Indianapolis. Steelers won't make the playoffs even if they do win out. Having been swept by the AFC East puts them in tiebreaker hell. Steelers are fifth in that division. The Steelers might save Tomlin's streak of never having a losing season, 
The Steelers might finish middle. They'll draft middle. And they'll stay middle, unquote. Well, why, uh, you may ask. Well, Madden has his answers, and they are pretty raw. Here's what he says. Quote, quarterback Kenny Pickett isn't getting any better. He's just not stinking as bad. But four touchdown passes in nine games is putrid. Pickett rarely makes plays. He's a game manager. He's being taught to eke out close wins over bad teams. Pickett displays no quick strike inclination. If Pickett had gone to Utah, you'd be screaming for Tomlin to put in Mitch Trubisky. The Steelers are seventh, seventh worst in the red zone. Conversion. Their conversion percentage is at 48.65 in the red zone. That's when they even get to the red zone. They far too often settle for field goals. And then there's the defense. T.J. Watt has done little since coming back. One interception, a half sack, three QB hits, no tackles for loss. Maybe he's still hurt. Watt usually is. But his presence does free up others, most notably fellow edge, edge rusher Alex Highsmith. Highsmith has 10 sacks, including six and a half in the five games Watt had played. Cam Hayward continues to be reliable and then some. It all shapes up as an amazing story, except it's not, unquote. That is the downside, according to Mark Madden. On one hand, the Steelers are seen to be riding the ship, but Madden is arguing that ship is still sinking. So who's to know? Only time will tell, and we shall see. And of course, we'll cover it all right here on your Steelers Update Podcast where we gather all the best takes of each Steelers week and bring you what it all means. Right here on the Steelers Update podcast, fresh every Wednesday afternoon. Sign up for it, and it'll get it automatically wherever you get your podcast. And of course, log on to penlive.com for your real-time Steelers news. And go Steelers, beat those Ravens. I'll be there at Acrisure Stadium, and I'll bring you all of the feel of this rivalry game back next week. Talk to you then. Bye for now.